the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Glad to have you with us. James Blend is producing and engineering today's program. Oh, yeah. He can do them both. Today, we're going to share the Christian outlook that will be in our second hour, and it will be a a tribute to Tim Keller, who lost his battle with pancreatic cancer last week and has uh, gone home to be with the Lord. That's coming up in the second hour of today's program. And in this first hour, we'll take a look at some of the headline news and James Blend will join me in the latter half of this hour to look at the lighter side of the news. It will be a more pleasant look at the news. It will be a more heartfelt segment on the news. That's coming up later this hour. But first, headlines. The elusive debt ceiling talks, well, they've yielded no agreement while the White House and the GOP eye specific cuts, including to the IRS. And by the way, the uh, original plan was that the president at five o'clock Eastern time would begin his vacation. Not great timing. Oprah Winfrey is ruling out the possibility of her replacing Senator Dianne Feinstein should the 89-year-old Democrat step down from Congress before the end of her term. Um, Fox News Digital reached out to the representatives for Winfrey to ask about reports that suggested her name was on California Governor Gavin Newsom's shortlist for an appointee to fill the seat. Feinstein is uh, said that she is retiring at the end of her current term and will not run again in 2024. But questions about her health and mental acuity have spurred calls from some Democrats for her to uh, step down earlier. Oprah Winfrey is not considering the seat should it become vacant, a spokesperson for Winfrey told the uh, news outlet on Thursday. Republican Representative Andy Oglis of Tennessee introduced a resolution on Thursday to recognize and honor Daniel Penny, a military veteran charged with manslaughter for his heroism and courage, in quotes, on the New York City subway train earlier this month. The resolution aims to set the record straight about what happened that month in and to recognize Penny's heroism in stepping up to protect himself and other frightened passengers in the subway car. Penny is charged with manslaughter in the May 1st chokehold death of Jordan Neely, a homeless man aboard a subway train. Penny is a 24-year-old Marine veteran. He was questioned by police that day and released, but cell phone video, which showed two other men holding Neely's arms as Penny held Neely in a chokehold for several minutes, went viral online. A medical examiner later ruled Neely's death a homicide, even though prosecutors noted Neely was yelling threats toward other subway passengers when Penny intervened. Bud Light begs its customers with free beer as uh, woke backlash drains the business with no end in sight. Some Budweiser products are being sold for free, sold for free. Well, let me explain. In some stores, thanks to a new promotional rebate from the Anheuser-Busch company, following weeks of Bud Light's backlash. Well, ahead of the Memorial Day weekend, Bud Light revealed a new promotion called the U.S. Budweiser Family Memorial Day Rebate. (laughs) That's one way to 
but lipstick on a pig. Uh, it's a new promotion online for customers from eligible states. The rebate promises an amount equivalent to the purchase price of one fifteen pack or larger and up to $15 of Bud Light, Budweiser, Budweiser Select or Budweiser Select 55 um, paid via Anheuser-Busch digital prepaid MasterCard. Okay. Based on recent prices for Bud Light products, however, in some cases, this would be giving packs of beer away for free. Online searches of local beer retailers find many offers under $15 for 15 packs or larger of these um, products, making the product free after rebate, excluding sales tax or any state restrictions. So they are desperately trying to move product that's already been produced. Meanwhile, Kickstarter abruptly suspended comic project for defying transgenderism. That's in quotes, by the way. Kickstarter abruptly canceled the project that focused on a fictionalized depiction of a biology teacher challenging a law that forbids him to question gender affirmation. Well, according to the project's author, the illustrated novel, The Wise of Heart, was previously reviewed and approved by Kickstarter and already passed its original $3,000 goal. Well, he says that... Um, They then expanded the goal to $6,000 ahead of a deadline, which was or will be May the 31st, only for Kickstarter to then remove the project, claiming that it had violated the community rules. A thorough review of your project undercovered one or more of the following violations. Inappropriate content, including but not limited to explicit or pornographic material or hateful or offensive content that fails to meet Kickstarter's spirit of inclusivity by promoting discrimination, bigotry, or intolerance toward marginalized groups, end quote. Well, Kickstarter Trust and Safety said in a note to Chance. Not clear what uh, the response will be moving forward. Iran has moved dangerously close to enriching weapons-grade uranium for a nuclear bomb, but the uh, regime has not yet crossed the critical threshold of declaring that it has built an atomic weapon. Uh, Experts on Iran's more than two decade effort uh, to join the small group of countries that have atomic weapons for explanations about what is stopping Tehran from crossing the nuclear threshold have yet to be answered. Well, the Supreme Court was unanimous in condemning the EPA's overreach by expanding the mandate without congressional approval. Well, a significant blow to the administrative state. Uh, The Supreme Court on Thursday established a more stringent test to determine whether the Clean Air Act applied to a wetland and what a wetland is. Well, the ruling was a setback for the Environmental Protection Agency and a victory for an Idaho couple, Michael and Chantel Sackett, who've been battling with the federal government for over 15 years in their efforts to build a house on an empty lot near a large lake. Well, this time the court has set a clear definition of waters of the United States in relation to EPA jurisdiction and ruled that it has to be limited to bodies of water with consistent and permanent connection to navigable bodies of water that would otherwise also fall under federal jurisdiction. For all of the attacks by some members of Congress on the Supreme Court, when is the last time Congress had a better five minutes than Supreme Court did today? This is a quote. Uh, when it issued the unanimous opinion in Sackett versus EPA and Tyler versus Hennepin County. Congress, get on SCOTUS's level. That's a quote from Casey Maddox, who couldn't resist weighing in. Well, as the debt ceiling negotiation timer runs out, President Biden is taking an early weekend. Instead of getting together to talk, he leaves a proposal that skips ta- then skips town for the weekend 
The White House has made an offer to House Republicans that would cap discretionary spending at fiscal year 2023 levels for two years and rescind up to $30 billion in unspent COVID-19 relief funds in exchange for an extension of the debt ceiling. The offer is the latest sign that the two sides could be inching closer to an agreement that would avert a government default an unprecedented event that would have wide-ranging impacts on the global economy. The latest proposal from the White House would extend the debt ceiling for about two years, which would put the issue off the table until after the 2024 elections, although I'm certain that was not part of the calculation. As President Joe Biden prepares to leave town over the long Memorial Day weekend for the planned respite from Washington, it's reasonable to question how committed the president actually is to the debt limit talks that have so far proved fruitless. It's a rhetorical question. The president is going to Camp David this weekend, going to Delaware after that. Can you describe the sense of urgency that the president feels? That's a question that was put to his White House press secretary. There's always been urgency. Biden waited 97 days to discuss the debt ceiling. Just saying. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida brought in $8.2 million in fundraising during the 24 hours after he declared his candidacy for president. His campaign confirmed the uh, blockbuster uh, fundraising hall by DeSantis is a move by his campaign to exhibit strength and to showcase energy and enthusiasm for the Florida governor as he enters the GOP 2024 nomination race, where former President Donald Trump is the clear frontrunner in the latest polling. The money raised by DeSantis tops the $6.3 million that President Biden hauled in as a White House candidate during his first 24 hours after his campaign launched in 2019. And Bud Light and its parent company, Anheuser-Busch, are sponsoring at least three different upcoming Pride events despite backlash over the partnership with Well, you know who, a social media influencer who identifies as transgender. Bud Light is listed as a sponsor of the Cincinnati Pride Parade website. Planned Parenthood and the Cincinnati Children's Hospital, which medically transitions minors, are both also listed. Bud Light sales have since uh, plummeted, leading some retailers to give cases of the beer away for free to avoid spoilage. I guess it goes bad. Hey, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll take a quick break. We'll continue our look at some of the headline news. And then James Blend will join me in the latter half of this hour to take a look at the lighter side of the news. So stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Coming up in our second hour, a tribute to the now fallen Tim Keller. He passed away from pancreatic cancer just last week. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer says an informant file that uh, he's keeping from the FBI links President Biden to a five million dollar bribery scheme while he was vice president. Comer revealed the size of the alleged bribe for the first time on Wednesday in a letter to FBI Director Christopher Wray threatening him with contempt proceedings if he doesn't share the file pursuant to a May 3rd subpoena. The FBI has five days to produce the requested FD 1023 record. That alleges a five million dollar bribery. Um, uh, let me uh, do scheme, apparently involving then Vice President Biden. If the FBI doesn't produce the record, Representative Comer will initiate contempt of Congress proceedings. When will it end? One wonders. Well, the U.S. is planning to send three hundred million dollars more in ammunition aid to Ukraine. The United States plans to announce that um, $300 million uh, military aid package 
Um, very soon, two officials said on Thursday, the package could be announced as soon as, well, sometime today, but perhaps after the Memorial Day holiday weekend in the United States, the source said uh, the package has ex- uh, was expected to contain more guided multiple launch rockets and um, other launchers and ammunition for Ukraine's defense against Russia. Finland was dealing with an unusual problem on Wednesday, clean electricity that was so abundant it sent energy prices into the negative. And while much of Europe was facing an energy crisis, the Nordic country reported that its uh, spot energy prices dropped below zero before noon. Well, Finnish electricity prices dropped below zero after the latest nuclear reactor is switched on. That's what the world could have looked like if the green uh, greens did not stop humanity from expanding nuclear power. Remember, nuclear power equals no CO2 emissions. J.P. Morgan Chase and Company notified about a thousand First Republic Bank employees that they aren't being given jobs, even temporarily, following its takeover of the failed lender. The biggest U.S. bank on Thursday offered full-time or transitional roles to almost 85 percent of the nearly 7,000 employees still working at First Republic when it collapsed. And while the rest uh, were told they wouldn't get offers, according to uh, one of the persons familiar with the matter. Well, the state of Nevada is just one step away from legalizing assisted dying for the terminally ill after its legislature passed a bill allowing for them to procure medication that would end their life. Senate Bill 239 passed the state Senate in April by an 11 to 10 vote and was confirmed by Nevada's Assembly 23 to 19 on Wednesday. It will now head to Republican Governor Joe Lombardo's desk for his signature. No other governor has vetoed a medicated assisted dying bill. There are currently nine states that allow for assisted dying alongside Washington, D.C., California, Colorado, Hawaii, Maine, New Jersey, New Mexico, Vermont, Washington, and of course, Oregon. The president of uh, Portugal just signed into law a bill legalizing euthanasia by lethal injection. It's not limited to the terminally ill, which at least is um, honest, since that is not what euthanasia assisted suicide is really all about. The customer backlash against Target's decision to aggressively promote its pride collection featuring transgender swimwear, as well as Satanism promoting apparel, has hit the retail chain hard. Since the controversy ignited, Target's stock value has tumbled a whopping 12 percent from $74.3 billion to $65.3 billion. That's a loss of $9 billion in just one week. The negative hit has prompted the retailer to attempt to hide its displays in several of its stores by making its LGBTQ-themed merchandise less prominent. Prior to this financial hit, Target CEO Brian Cornell insisted that the company's promotion of Pride-themed merchandise was the right thing for society. Well, after watching Target's stock value tumble, we're wondering if Cornell will soon be changing that tune. We'll continue to follow the story. Recent revelations from the House subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government show the Bank of America shared customer data with the FBI voluntarily. According to Republican representatives uh, Jim Jordan of Ohio and Tom Massey of Kentucky, following the January 6th, 2021 Capitol riot, Bank of America provided the FBI voluntarily and without any legal process with a list of individuals who had made transactions in Washington, D.C.'s metropolitan area. They further noted that individuals who had previously purchased a firearm with a Bank of America uh, product were elevated to the top of the list regardless of when or where the purchase was made. 
Jordan and Massey came to this information thanks to a whistleblower, and they were demanding that Bank of America turn over all of its communications with the FBI regarding this transfer of customer data. The real question is just how voluntary was Bank of America's decision to data mine its customers for the FBI. On Thursday, U.S. District Judge Amit Mehta sentenced Oath Keepers founder Stuart Rhodes to 18 years in prison following his conviction for seditious conspiracy in connection to the January 6th Capitol riot. Rhodes, himself a lawyer, blasted the court's decision, arguing that he was the victim of a political witch hunt and claiming that he never entered the Capitol, nor did he instruct others to do so. Judge Mehta noted that Rhodes had instructed his fellow Oath Keepers members to prepare for war and that he's not a political prisoner. You're here for that conduct. Mehta also observed that Rhodes was convicted by a jury of his peers. Big Tech wants Washington to regulate artificial intelligence. In an unsurprising development, Silicon Valley giant Microsoft is calling on the federal government to create a new agency to regulate artificial intelligence following its executives' recent meeting with Biden officials. Centralizing bureaucratic control over AI, would uh, what could possibly go wrong? Of course, the rationale for such an undemocratic action is, according to Microsoft President Brad Smith, to protect democracy. But Microsoft is not alone in this thinking, as fellow big tech giant Google has called for similar action. And this should come as no surprise, given the degree to which big tech has been in bed with the federal government, acting to censor speech on social media platforms. Also, it's not surprising that the administration officials are behind the effort, are seeking ways to exert control over American speech, has been high on their agenda. But what's in it for big tech? Well, the simple answer appears to be crony capitalism. Have a new government agency create regulations that support established companies while squelching any new startup competition in the burgeoning AI industry. We'll see what actually happens in the days ahead. Well, parties are moving closer on a debt ceiling deal as talks drag on and the president leaves town. Top ratings agencies are threatening the U.S. with a credit downgrade over the debt limit chaos, even if a deal is made. And DeSantis put the failure to launch narrative to bed with stunning 24-hour haul. John Durham will testify before House Judiciary Committee after releasing his scathing report. And a retired firefighter who put his feet up on then-Speaker Pelosi's desk has been sentenced to 4.5 years in prison. The Department of Justice mysteriously and dramatically downgraded charges against the white supremacist, in quotes, who rammed the White House barricade. And San Francisco's mayor flees a speech on crime as a violent crime is committed. Target partners with an organization pushing for kids' genders to be secretly changed in schools without parental consent. And Texas Children's Hospital has ended gender procedures as the CEO vows to refer minors to other states. A major journal retracted a study on socially contagious transgenderism among kids following activist um, threats. And black activists have distanced themselves from Black Lives Matter amid the financial collapse. Biden energy official Sam Brenton led a D.C. Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence chapter. And if you know anything about the chapter, you know how insulting that is to Catholics. Ford will keep AM radio in its cars after pressure from lawmakers. And a Texas House committee has recommended impeaching Attorney General Ken Paxton. And Russia is moving ahead with deployment of nuclear weapons in Belarus. Well, on this day in history, 1647. Alice Young is hanged in Hartford, Connecticut, in the first recorded execution of a witch 
in American colonies. 1868, the impeachment trial of President Andrew Johnson ends with his acquittal. 1938, the House Un-American Activities Committee is established by Congress. 1940, Operation Dynamo, the evacuation of some 338,000 Allied troops from Dunkirk, France, begins during World War II. 1969, the Apollo 10 astronauts return to Earth after a successful eight-day dress rehearsal for the first manned moon landing. 1972, President Richard M. Nixon and Soviet leader Leonid Brezhnev signed the Anti-Ballistic Missile Treaty in Moscow. 1998, the Supreme Court rules that Ellis Island is mainly in New Jersey and not in New York. 2005, President George W. Bush hosts Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas at the White House. And finally, on this day in history... 2009, President Barack Obama nominates federal appeals judge Sonia Sotomayor to the U.S. Supreme Court. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Quick break, and when we return, James Blend will join me as we look at the lighter side of the news. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. I am now joined by James Blend. Yes, you are. Welcome. Thank you. I do have security standing by just in case. Can we get this over with? I want to get the holiday weekend started. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. We're going to take a look at some of the lighter side of the news, and I'll begin with this. A southern Illinois man has been charged with a theft for allegedly stealing a backhoe to drive about 10 miles to an airport to catch a flight. This was uh, conceived by the Institute of Bad Planning. Security camera footage shows the uh, the man arriving at Veterans Airport of Southern Illinois atop a backhoe and leaving it in the airport parking lot on Thursday. According to the sheriff's office, footage captured the man walking across the street from the lot to the airport lobby carrying a guitar case, the sheriff says. Well, the owner of the backhoe arrived at the airport a short time later and identified the equipment as belonging to his company. The owner said the machine typically used to move large debris had been parked at a job site. I words fail. Was Uber not available? <laughs> you need to get to the airport and you confiscate a backhoe. I'm thinking that had to be a very slow trip to the airport. Those aren't really particularly fast vehicles, are they? Well, they're not, but he needed something to get there on time. It was about 10 mile drive. He apparently knew how to uh, to drive one and got him to the airport on time. There's no word that he was confiscated, identified or held accountable for the theft. Wow. Well, this is the season when people are going to be traveling. Airports are busy, and I suppose he didn't want to pay parking fees uh, at the airport, so this was the next best thing in his mind. Like I said, there's taxis, there's Uber, there's Lyft, there's all sorts of things in this day and age, most of which are faster than a backhoe. (laughs) I think so. Well, speaking of traveling, the uh, baby parrots were seized from a smuggler Um, In Florida, 24 baby parrots were seized at Miami International Airport. They're being raised by the Rare Species Conservatory Foundation in Florida. Apparently, the chirping sound led airport officials to a bag filled with smuggled parrot eggs. The 24 bright green baby parrots began chirping and bobbing their heads the second anyone neared the large cases that had been uh, their homes since hatching in March. 
The Central American natives seized from a smuggler at Miami International Airport are being raised by, well, you know, the group I said, rare species and so on. Around the uh, around the clock efforts to that include five hand feedings a day in a room filled with large cages. At just nine weeks old, these parrots have already survived a harrowing journey after being snatched from their nests in a forest. They're almost fully feathered now, and the staff has started transitioning them. No, 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 just moving them from a special formula diet of food. And um, apparently now they're having pellets and fruit. Uh You ready to meet the children? Asked a Florida International University professor and director of the foundation as he led visitors Friday into the small building tucked behind the sprawling house, uh, rural community of uh, West Palm Beach to see the little specimens. They're hand-raised babies, he said, as the chicks squawked and looked inquisitively at the visitors. Uh, They've never seen mom and dad. They've been raised by us since they hatched in a suitcase at the airport. Wow. Wow. And to think, I I carry on licorice occasionally. That's that's, that's about it. <laughs> okay. A couple red vines. Which, Never. in my estimation, is not really licorice. No. It's just really not. It's something, but it's not that. It needs to be renamed, if you ask me. I agree. It is, it is one of those things. It's kind of like boneless wings. Yeah. We all know those aren't wings. Yeah. And I'm okay with it not being wing, but call it something else. Call it by its proper name. There's a trend going on these days. Just call a thing what it actually is. Yeah, we do seem to have that problem, don't we? A high school graduation ceremony in Chicago in the suburbs drew attention from an unusual distinction. It included 12 sets of twins and one set of triplets. Vernon Hills High School, which held its graduation ceremony on Thursday, featured 13 sets of multiples among its graduates. I think the neat thing about twins in general is they can celebrate their uniqueness in one another uh, while also having this special bond and special camaraderie. That's what the high school principal said, He, who is, by the way, also a twin. I have a twin sister. Shout out to Josie, he went on to add. Well, the sets of multiples account for about 8% of the senior class who graduated on Thursday. Another Illinois school, New Tier um, High School in Winnetka, earned two Guinness World Records in 2017 when the record-keeping organization verified that the school's sophomore class contained 45 sets of twins and one set of triplets. The school was awarded the records uh, for most twins in the same academic year at one school and most multiples in the same academic year at one school. So congratulations to them. I wonder if they differentiate in the Guinness Book between you know identical and fraternal twins. I mean, that would be even more impressive if you had twelve sets of identical twins. Well, that that would be. And by the way, congratulations to Jesse and Amaya Tanakura who graduated today. Well, there you go. Yeah. A Minnesota state senator became a reluctant star on social media after he voted shirtless while lying in bed during what should have been a routine legislative commission meeting. And the video streamed on YouTube. The Republican senator of East Bethel can briefly be seen voting with a schoolhouse rock. I'm just a bill character on the wall behind him during a Zoom call on Monday. After voting, he quickly turned the camera off, leaving a black screen showing just his name. A GOP Senate spokeswoman, a truck says that he is a truck driver, worked until 445 a.m., uh, then went to bed before Monday's meeting. She said he would not comment on the vote or the video. 
according to the local newspaper. The video prompted several memes and social commentary before comments were turned off. I just needed a little rest. But it's not that hard to just grab a shirt. I found that in life. No, rarely is it rarely is it difficult. T-shirt doesn't even require buttons. No, just a little bit of arm wiggling. Yeah, just just put on a shirt, which reminds me what happened in Georgia. The Georgia Department of Drivers Services issued an unusual reminder for residents taking advantage of the state's new digital driver's licenses and IDs. Please take pictures with your clothes on. Now, we live in an age when this is actually necessary. The department said in a Facebook post that residents are being asked to ensure they are keeping things classy when snapping selfies for their digital licenses and IDs, which allow Apple Wallet users to leave their physical copies in their wallets when passing through TSA checkpoints. Attention, lovely people of the digital era, the post read. Please take pictures with your clothes on when submitting them for your digital driver's license and IDs. It wasn't clear whether the reminder was prompted by some residents failing to follow that advice. Let's raise our virtual glasses and toast to the future. The Department of Driver Services official wrote, cheers to technology and keeping things classy. You know, things are bad when you have to tell people who are posing for a public photo that they need to be fully clothed. Where do we go from here? These seem like basic things we should be learning as young people. I mean, I feel like I learned that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, kind of the point. A Sydney, Australia woman is trying to solve a mystery after hundreds of dollars worth of drinks, including Gatorade, Powerade, Coke, Fanta, started showing up at her home. Huh? Yeah. Uh, Laura, I'll just call her Laura, on TikTok said that said on the video sharing site that bottles started arriving via DoorDash on the 22nd of April and the deliveries continued for several days, totaling more than 150 bottles of beverages on the wall. That's a lot of soda. That's a lot. Of course, it was a it was a combination: Gatorade, Powerade, Coke, Fanta. Um, she said the phone number used to place the order had been disconnected, so she has no way of tracing it. It's such a bizarre thing, and I'm still trying to find the answers. She says she said she ended up donating several of the beverages to the North Bondi Surf Life Saving Club. I I, I mean that's a strange thing. It's got to be. I mean, it screams practical joke to me. It does, but there's but no satisfaction. Yeah, it that's is. That's an expensive practical joke. And too. there's no satisfaction of saying, hey, this is a joke, what I did. Again, I, this I was- mean, there there was a, uh, I remember a couple of years ago, a friend of mine convinced somebody that uh, their friend was on a cheesy bread diet, that all they would <laughs> eat in this diet is cheesy bread. And the person believed it. And when the person who was supposedly on the cheesy bread diet found out about this, had the, the aforementioned person sent 20 things of cheesy bread to the person who started the joke. Now that's, you know who did it, you know what, but to figure out what you're going to do at 20 cheesy breads. Well, and yeah. And that's, that's I, I think that's proper revenge. Yeah. Probably but you can't get so. that here with the sodas. You can't get that. I, I don't know what to say. All right, we're going to take, while we're figuring out what to say, we're going to take a quick break. We'll continue to look at some of the lighter side of the news. And in the second hour, a tribute and a recollection of Tim Keller. 
who passed away just last week. We'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We're having fun um, working our way through the lighter side of wicking, working, walking, our way through the lighter okay, side so, of the news. So basically, you've already gone on a holiday weekend. <laughs> you started already. That's that's probably not well, fair to most everybody else. I have to admit, there is uh, there is that draw. Do you have anything excited planned for your Memorial Day? You know, I'm just going to putter around the house. Our family's planning on getting together on Memorial Day, which happens to also be the anniversary of my brother's uh, drowning. So it's kind of a somber right. day. We remember, but we also celebrate family. He was a Christ follower, so there's that consolation. Anyway, we will uh, spend some time together. And with my mom at 92, every time we get together, it's it means the world to her. So we're looking forward to hanging out. That'll be fun. Yeah. How about you? We got a we have a little girl's birthday this weekend. I know. We, eight. I can't eight. believe she's going to be eight. Yep. So we're spending the Sunday celebrating. Um, she wants to go to a ball game, so we're doing that, and she's also going to build a bear. Um, and so we'll get to and and she wants to go to the movies as well. So we're kind of giving her the weekend of her dreams, so to speak. Oh, that's wonderful. And then hey, relaxing, you, hopefully, on Monday a bit. You had a birthday last weekend. Happy uh, birthday. Yeah, actually, actually uh, Monday. I guess it was Monday. Yeah, Monday. You weren't here. That's why yeah. I felt like it was the weekend. But happy birthday to you. Have you thought about what you're going to do for my birthday that's coming up a couple weeks? Um, yeah, I was going to do the same thing I did for for mine. Take off so I don't have to be around you. <laughs> Thank you, James. You it's a gift to you to as me. well, though. <laughs> you always know what to get me. I know. Less of me. <laughs> All right. Let's take a look at the lighter side of the news. Uh, you know, Anheuser-Busch is having a really hard time uh, figuring out what to do with all the beer they produce that no one's buying. And then I came across this story. This seems like the perfect solution. Danish painters in the 19th century may have turned to an unusual source for some of their supplies. They turned to breweries. Researchers examined paintings from the Danish Golden Age and found traces of yeast and grain that suggest painters were turning to byproducts from local breweries to prepare canvases. Yeah, a study, um, the study's author, I should say, said they uh, went into the project looking for glue made from animals. Then, by surprise, we found something completely different, a painting conservatory of the uh, Royal Danish Academy. Well, the brewing leftovers would have been uh, spread over the canvases as a paste, creating a smooth surface and preventing the paint from seeping through. Uh, Today, this uh, priming process is usually done with the white mixture known as gesso, uh, the author said that uh, knowing what's on the canvases will help in conserving them. In the study, scientists uh, took a look at works by two of the first master painters to come out of Denmark, uh, considering the uh, one of them considered the father of Danish painting and another one whose names I'm not going to butcher here today. Uh, to get a peek underneath their scenes of uh, bobbing ships and family portraits, researchers used pieces of canvas that had been trimmed off the painting as, at an earlier conservation project trying to figure out what's here anyway the team analyzed the little strips to pick out what kind of proteins were in them explained the lead uh, researcher and discovered it was in fact the residue of brewing so anheuser-busch if you're looking for something to do with your um, beer that no one wants to buy there you go oh there's also hair care products i remember my grandmother used to use beer on her hair I don't. I don't know what the benefit was to it because she was not a drinker by any means. Huh. But uh, she used to say it made her hair 
better, whatever that means. <laughs> so maybe maybe the hair care product world is is up for them. And for those who perhaps consume too much of the uh, adult beverage, a DUI suspect in Colorado tried unsuccessfully to pin the wrap on his dog. Police officers in Springfield, Colorado, wrote on Facebook that the attempted switcheroo happened around 1130 p.m. on Saturday when officers pulled over a vehicle driving 52 miles an hour in a 32 mile an hour zone. The driver attempted to switch places with his dog, who was in the passenger seat, the police officer said. They watched the entire process. Uh, The male party then exited the passenger side of the vehicle and claimed he was not driving. He must have thought they were also intoxicated. When police asked the suspect if he'd consumed alcohol, he ran away, abandoning both the vehicle and the dog. He was caught about 60 feet from where the incident began. Charges against the unidentified driver who allegedly had outstanding warrants, including suspicion of DUI and resisting arrest. The dog was given to an acquaintance of the driver to take care of while the party was in jail. And yes, he will be be in jail. The dog does not face any charges and was let go with just a warning. No, no breathalyzer for the, for the dog. (laughs) Kind of reminds me on on a, on a uh, similar note of something my dad might have done if he was the type that would uh, over inebriate and drink, but he thankfully was not. Uh, Growing up, I used to get in trouble for turning the heat up too high in the house or the Mm -hmm. air conditioner too high up in the house. And I was always, I didn't do it. Well, that's never going to be believed (laughs) until I moved out and it kept happening. To which my mother talked to my dad and said, are you messing with the thermostat? And he said, no, I think it's probably the dog doing it. <laughs> and somehow he expected her to believe that. So I got a very apologetic phone call from my mom about, you know, all those years I blamed you for the thermostat. Turns out it was your dad. How'd you figure it out? He tried blaming the dog. <laughs> really? Your dad had been doing it? My dad had been doing it and blaming the dog and blaming me. Wow. Yeah. Of course, he's not here to defend himself. He so is we'll not here to defend himself, that. but uh, that that was what we found out later on. And uh, uh, I, I confronted him on it. It's like, really? He's like, okay. it was the dog. Apparently, it wasn't you. It was the dog. And Keep so in mind, the, ladies and gentlemen, this is one version of the this story. This is one version of the story. It All is right. true. Um, <laughs> the dog also is unavailable for comment at this time. <laughs> okay. Well, a Spanish Navy ship tasked with updating nautical charts to make navigation safer, got stranded on Thursday near the island of Ibiza in the Mediterranean, according to the Navy. The vessel was exploring an area of shallow uh, to the west of the island and got stuck in one of them. Rescue teams have been sent to help remove the vessel from the ground. After an initial inspection, no structural damage was seen. No injuries were reported. Well, the Malaspina... Uh, Built in 1975 and refurbished in 2007, has sailed more than 180,000 miles, collecting undersea topography data along with the Spanish coast. In a, uh, uh, it was named after 18th century Royal Navy Brigadier Alejandro Malaspina, uh, famous for leading the largest scientific expedition around the globe at the time. The name can also be translated into English as "having a bad feeling." So if you're drawing maps and you get lost, that's having a bad feeling. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the ultimate humiliation. It's like, you're not very good at your job, are you, if you get lost making a map? <laughs> yeah, especially in the 21st century. I mean, when the guys were doing it the first time, when there were no maps of any kind, that's one thing. But Well, especially because, too, the, the, you know, the, uh, the nautical, you know, the nautical uh, uh, association to a ship is usually she. 
It is a, it, a boat is referred to as her. Careful now. It's men who don't stop and ask directions, not women. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're the ones that are terrible at that. So why a ship would get lost is beyond me. That's true. I will yeah. accept. Oh, see, that was, that was harmless. Yeah, you will live. I will live. You will live. Around 300 pieces of silver from two Viking treasures was pro- with about 50 whole coins were found last fall in a Danish field. Uh, the coins were located around five miles away from the Viking castle and date back to more than a thousand years ago. The treasures were found less than 50 meters apart, containing the coins and cut up silver jewelry. Uh, and it was all found by a little girl just kind of looking around. Pretty cool. That is, that is cool. And then there's this, a 400-year-old gold coin dating to the time of King Charles I that was found in a pile of loose change is expected to fetch thousands of pounds when it's auctioned off next month. The uh, coin, a gold unite piece, uh, has a currency worth 20 shillings, uh, said the British new uh, new agency, uh, but it's expected to sell for roughly 1500 to 25 Hundred, I guess shillings, pounds, pounds. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't have here what it would be, but I think the uh, unit would be pounds. The coin was discovered in a collection of old currency that was left over from travels abroad. Noted the agency. The coin's owner found the item in the back of a drawer at her late aunt's house in Kent. Originally, the owner thought the coin was a fake. It seems like the type of thing you see show up on the the UK version of Antiques Roadshow. I found this in the back of my drawer, and and oh well, it's worth a lot of money, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna go look through my coin. We drawer. have a lot of time to do that because we've got a three day weekend coming up in just mere seconds. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. All right, do we need to go to break? We need to go to break and uh, to a like a long break. Uh, well, you're getting a really long break. You'll <laughs> That's be back right. Thursday. I will be back on Thursday of next week. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going to happen in um, my absence? I, I know, aside from weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. On Monday, we've got uh, uh, we're, we're going to rebroadcast your now classic interview from yesterday with Jeff Tracy talking about barbecuing on Memorial Day. On Memorial Day, and then we've got a Memorial Day special from our friend Jerry Stewart. On Tuesday, uh, Mike Lee is hosting the program, and Wednesday, I believe, we'll be broadcasting Eric Metaxas, but that's subject to change, so stay tuned. All right. Well, that's coming up next week, and I will be sunning myself on a rock somewhere here in the Pacific Northwest. That'll be awesome. Okay. We got news and traffic coming up here at the top of the hour, and when we return, this week's Christian Outlook. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.